I've been thinking a lot about this, the cross of the sleeping Phoenix, where it is this uh, going all the way down into the matrix and coming back up. That's just what my energy is. But like, I fundamentally believe that we came here as souls to experience things. And a lot of those things are fucking awful. And I am personally as a soul ready for a break. I'm ready for us to go do this thousand years of peace shit for a minute. I need a breather. I'm an insane, sexual, shadow witch. And my name is Lacey Free, and I'm the fucking host of Horpod. Welcome to Horapod, Jessa Reed. What's your favorite sex toy? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Currently, Mark. Uh, been a huge fan of the faucet and the bathtub. Are we going to talk about <laughs> <laughs> Um I didn't mean to make it a sex podcast uh, necessarily, so I always have to throw in a few sex antidotes. So throughout this recording, we're going to add in doggy style here and there, maybe a little reverse cowgirl, and then the rest of the time we'll talk about parasites. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a sexy parasite. I don't have to read a poem or anything. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Do you have any uh, lime poems? Do you have any um, Actually, uh, I'm mortified, but I have been working on something like that. Oh my God, uh, please I'm not reading drop it, yet. it. No, Drop it. I, uh, I don't want anyone to steal this brilliant idea, <laughs> but it's called Limeade. <laughs> That's hilarious. And it's, uh, it's going to be a whole video. I probably won't make it. It's mostly in my head. Wait, can we get like a snippet, a verse? No, uh-uh. you can't have any of that yet. It's mostly mm-hmm. a concept still. And okay. so, uh, but it's just this like, ke- it's like spoken word, but it's this like catchy, anno- just stupid. It's just stupid. <laughs> Talking about spirochetes. Oh my God. It's amazing. Uh, I did a disservice to you last time. I was like, can you do a poem and then we're going to drop a sick beat behind it and make it sound cool? We never did anything, but your poem just shined all by itself. Oh, that's very sweet. So I'm like avoiding talking about Lyme. Yeah, you are. (laughs) If you can't tell. There's this energy around parasites that I feel like they like when you talk about them. Interesting. And, and, you know, yeah, like, I just feel like there's parasitic parasitic energy. And even if it's like you're saying shitty things about them, they like it. So that's one of the reasons I've been avoiding it among several others. And another reason is that I think I do have this 
internalized fear of punishment and reward. Yeah. And I think it's really been ingrained in us in spirituality or in healing practices that something is wrong with you energetically if you get an illness or if you pick up something, that it's like some sort of spiritual punishment or lesson or medicine. And we both got Lyme around the same time. I think you've been educating yourself way different than I have or better than I have. So just kind of like energetically, what do you feel like Lyme is? And do you believe in the punishment reward system? (laughs) I do not believe in the punishment reward system. I think that punishment and um, reward, I mean, I use bribery in my parenting, but I, uh, totally different thing. That's just to get them to stop talking. But I think that we created, or the idea of punishment reward was created by people who are hungry for power. I don't think anyone learns that way. I think it's a misunderstanding of what karma is. And I think that this, this thing where we stick everything into a box of good or bad is uh, really short-sighted and damaging to our entire experience. I think when we then attach spirituality needing to take us to a place where suffering doesn't exist also misses the mark. And I definitely in my last 20 years of being awake, absolutely probably a decade of that believed that if somebody was sick, then they just weren't spiritual enough or they hadn't figured something out or I would throw cures at them or whatever. And I have, I see the matrix as something different now. I recognize that there's a reason that higher dimensional souls come here. It's funny for us to say, uh, I hate earth, whatever. But like the, the reality is, is that higher dimensional beings love to come into the density. We love to experience the density. And that escapism is, uh, is like shadow or ego or something. It isn't it isn't the stillness that a higher dimensional being, because if we're really, if you're really in your power as a higher dimensional being, you don't give a fuck. It just doesn't matter. It's like, Oh, this is what life is like with uh, my foot in a bear trap. Cool. All right. You know, (laughs) if it is a video game, then the video game, the, the stillness of the higher dimensional being. So I don't see, and this is the, the place where we've differed is I haven't for a second thought that it was a punishment. I have in my darkest moments felt like, because I always think in my life, damn, I still haven't peaked. You know what I mean? I still haven't reached the point in my life where I go, that was the best. Yeah. I am always onto some new adventure and I'm like, well, this is cool too. And uh, I have at some points, because I've lost things that mean a lot to me, which are just my ability to communicate and, uh, you know, my brain function, uh, my knee, I was really attached to my identity as a person who walks <laughs> apparently. Uh, so I, I got to clear some of that out, but I've never once considered that it was a punishment or a mistake because I just yeah. don't believe that those things exist. So I haven't spent any time regretting not going to the dog. It just was like played out how it was supposed to play out. And I know the higher dimensional us from how I see it, wanted to play this game for whatever reason. Yeah. 
And it's so interesting that so many magic people are doing it at the same time. But when you were talking about like the density of it all, today I feel so good and I just feel like on it. But like four days ago, my ears just started like ringing like crazy throughout the day, like like high pitched ringing. I thought people were working on machines or something around me, but apparently I was the only one hearing it. And then I went to the grocery store last night and the humans there just felt like something different than me. And I feel like I couldn't reach them. And I was trying to check out, which is like a nerve wracking situation for me on a good day. But the guy, the cashier was like, you only paid 62 cents. And I thought he said, I paid $62 and owed some cents. And I was just the ringing started and I couldn't hear anything. Everything oh. was like muffles. And he was getting so frustrated with me because he thought I was like trying to get out with like not paying for my groceries and my card was denied. And I was like, and I just, I was so panicked and I went in my car and I was bawling and I came home and I was bawling. And I'm like, why can't I even buy groceries for myself right now? Why am I sick? And in this like weird situation where like my card's not working and I'm like deaf, it was just all these like crazy hurdles to get a cart full of groceries. And then I just was like looking around my room and it was like, do you think you're the only one who feels like they can't get groceries right now, Lacey? Do you feel like you're the only one who's like missing some sort of like communication and interaction? And then I was like, okay, it sort of makes sense that during the pandemic and all of this stuff that the higher version of me might choose the video game where it's some suffering. So yeah. not being able to hear some like in, in this sort of interaction where I'm like figuring it out. And I feel like whenever we are in immense suffering, there's deeper codes in that for our own transformation. But at the same time, my ears starting to ring right now. And I also don't want to like bypass myself in it. Right. Know? Yeah. No, I think that, um, I think that it all goes hand in hand and I've really been getting away from this. I feel like early and soberish. I presented so much of the new world is going to be great that when the shit actually hit the fan, I was like, what is all this expectation that I feel like is on me? Why do I feel like everyone is like, okay, well, when's it going to be great? Where in my head, I felt very like, of course, we have to do a whole lot of work to get to it being great. You know what I mean? There is no jump cuts. And that means that people who are awake have to jump in and take on these things that have held us in unconsciousness for so long. We have to take on poverty. We have to take on disease. We have to take on codependency. We have to take these things on and hack them. And I think we're going to be doing this for until, you know, I think in 2027, the world's going to be unrecognizable. I think honestly, by 2024, I think by the time Saturn's done with Aquarius, it's a lot is going to change. I mean, look what we've gotten in two weeks. 
but all of that is done within us. Like all of that is done. And every single phase of my life, I faced most things. Like when my heart was fucking broken with codependency, I still had, I was living in LA. I was having a good time in my career. When I was poor and didn't know how I was going to pay my rent, I was building a tiny family and I had that beautiful experience there. When I was homeless and on the streets and addicted to drugs and my teeth were falling out of my head, I had the freedom of not being bound but society like there's like there's always something heavy and hard at the same time that there's always beautiful things happening and i don't think the key is ignoring the heavy and the hard but rather seeing it as this landscape when we're in it and then you know you pull out and you you learn the lessons i've learned more about who i really am and i've learned how to set boundaries I got IV treatment yesterday, IV therapy. You have to try it. And um, this is how hardcore my fawn response is. I have tiny, tiny veins. And so I was like, listen, I have like one vein and you have to be very careful with it. And the the nurse was extremely awkward and very nice lady. But she, um, at some point, I like cracked a joke about how slow it goes because my veins are so small. And so she thought to squeeze the bag to force the liquid in faster, which my vein can't handle. I have tiny veins. And so it hurt. And I knew she was blowing out my vein because I'm familiar with this uh, transaction, you know. And my phone response, instead of me being like, hey, you're blowing out my vein, I was like, oh, I can feel that. And then she was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. And then she got very awkward. And then I felt bad that she felt bad. So then I was like, oh no, it's fine. It's fine. And then she went back to squeezing the bag anyway. So that vein's gone. And I was just like, God, I do not know how to fucking self-advocate in the moment. if someone else is emoting. And I've had to do, I didn't do great in that instance, but I've had to do a lot of boundary setting in this situation, which I was never going to do. If it was physically possible for me to get on the phone with people when they need me to get on the phone and do these things, I would just keep doing them. I have to be taken off of line to start to stand up, like to set boundaries, just realistic boundaries. Nobody gives a shit anyway. Anyway, that and a hundred thousand other things I've already gotten from this experience that makes it a beautiful experience. Like if my soul is here, first of all, I believe that we are hacking something for the collective. I believe that in order for, because the parasitic system is not the cabal and these bad alien dudes, specific people. I've always (laughs) said that. They play these avatars is like the thing we projected onto, but I don't fucking know if any of these people blink sideways when we're not looking at them. I don't know if they know that they are reptilian avatars. It's all just a mechanism of the game, but the parasitic system is in us. It's in us. It's programming. It's beliefs. And a lot of it is just, you can't even trace it back to anything. Well, uh, colonization, probably you can trace a lot of it back to, but this capitalism and the internalized capitalism and the, the worth thing, I've been thinking so much about how worth doesn't exist in humans. It's a fucking financial concept. And we are hacking that right now. And it is parasitic. It feeds off of us. It's in reality transurfing. It is a pendulum. We create something to experience it and then we become subjugated to it. And so that is what magic people, the amount of magic people that contracted Lyme or long COVID in the last 12 months is astronomical. Yeah. 
So we have to take on the parasitic system and then learn how to heal ourselves and empower ourselves to the point where the parasites are no longer using us. And that's going to be a process. And that to me is why we have it, is that we are macroing the parasitic system. Sorry. Did you want me to have come on your podcast and not let you talk the whole time? No, that's so good. <laughs> I love it. Because there's something about Lyme where I come up to it and I f- freeze. I, I like... <clears throat> I like don't want to touch it. I don't, and I don't necessarily want other people to talk about it with me. It feels like, I don't know. It feel it feels like a dead parasite in me that's trying to live, and it feels like they're having a war in my body. And I feel like the parasites are sort of like a weapon in magic people to distract them from all the healing they're doing for people. But the thing I know about weapons is depending on how you hold a weapon, it can become a tool. You can build a house with a hammer. You can also murder someone with a hammer. So this like thing that has been feeling like a weapon in me, I feel like I'm getting closer to going deeper in myself and making it a tool for my own ascension. I was just spouting left and right at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, we're all going to have to die. We're all going to have to break all of our addictions um, for the new world to occur. The old one has to be destroyed completely. And then when it's happening to me, I'm like, oh my God. And I want, honestly, I have to fight myself not to blame anyone I can. Like, I really want to blame people for when I'm suffering. And that's a huge thing I didn't recognize about myself. Yeah. I mean, at the core, blame, blame, regret. I feel guilty a lot. I've recognized. I never used to think I felt guilty. But I just, it's always cringy when I've like, when I look back and go, oh, God, I was being petty or I was you know, so stuck in my own shit. I wasn't holding space for someone else. I have that kind of stuff. But like when it comes to like life experiences, I just don't believe that any are actually better than other ones. And my parents cannot fucking get this through their heads where I'm like, I literally would not change my childhood. I wouldn't trade for a childhood without abuse or or getting molested or stuff. I wouldn't like... Also, like, paradoxically would work hard to make sure that my kids don't have those life experiences. But, like, when it comes to my life, I transmute this stuff. And it's I've been thinking a lot about this, the cross of the sleeping phoenix, where it is this uh, going all the way down into the matrix and coming back up. That's just what my energy is. But, like, I fundamentally believe that we came here as souls to experience things. And a lot of those things are fucking awful. And I am personally as a soul ready for a break. I'm ready for us to go do this thousand years of peace shit for a minute. I need a breather. But I think the belief, like when things are good, I don't believe in punishment or good or bad or that anything fits in those boxes. I think that everything is a gradient and a spectrum of experience. And I don't abandon my belief system as soon as things get shitty, typically. I mean, sometimes I go 
that codependency thing, I it like it took me a minute to be like Jessa. Reality doesn't suddenly become real because you got your fucking you were attached, you know. But I don't know. I'm still in a phase where I have a lot of hope. So check in in a year if I don't get better. I guess that will be a a darker thing. But it just doesn't. From the moment I tapped into it, I was like, I'll have this until 2022. And then I yeah. kept resisting that. But if I, I, I'm telling you that this time next year, I'll be like, well, there was that. Yeah. You know, if people have had come to me to do any sort of work or healing, I would have never, I don't think I would have been like, oh, they're being punished. I don't look at other people as like being punished for their sickness or for some fucked up situation that happens in their life. Right. Right. I see it all as a tool, but for myself in my own body, I'm realizing like as an abused kid, I didn't have people teaching me this way or that way or options or alternatives. So I was constantly reading the room and deciphering, am I safe? Am I not safe? And if I wasn't safe, oh, I feel like I did something bad to create that unsafety. Oh, I am safe. I'm a good girl. I'm doing something good. And I think we're doing that to kids constantly. Like, oh, you're a good girl. You're rewarded. Everything's good now. And then like kids have a very hard time differentiating their energy field from their parents' energy field, especially abused kids. So if your parents are fighting or they're abusing each other, you automatically can feel that you're not safe and you're like, oh, I think I've done something bad. And then I'm like, shit, I've done this in friendships. I'll have friends that are fighting with each other. And I'm like, I think I did something bad. I think it's me, guys. It's me. I'm bad. And they're like, what? You weren't even there. And so it's just like waking me up in a way that I'm still constantly hyperactively monitoring myself in this punishment and reward system. And that would make anyone sick. And I'm like, shit, I'm kind of making myself sick with that. Yeah. The hypervigilance, man. I think the hyper, a big theme for 2020 and 2021 is that we created these mechanisms to keep us safe. We we created these tough exteriors for a lot of us. We created this hypervigilant system. We created these attachment systems, whatever, to keep ourselves safe. And they are now just blocking us off from experience. And so we have to learn how to become vulnerable. And so it makes sense that we have to pass through that. And not to talk about your, your trauma, but I know that you have family members that when you reach out to them, they still, you know, well, you did it. You know what I mean? That's like blame shit. Who fucking talks like that? But like, uh, you know, it's, and that's one thing, a toxic parenting thing that I'm so glad that I think, I hope that we're all getting away from that. When I was a kid, even good parents, even non-abusive parents, I think it was like, because I said so was socially acceptable. And then a lot of adults believed that you shouldn't apologize to your kids when you yell at them. And so a lot of parents would just like double down and uh, justify why they yelled. And it really just kind of, and we punish kids. Like we used to punish, I don't believe in punishment, so I don't punish my kids, but like we punish kids. And then that's why everyone thinks karma is a punishment. Karma has a what you put out comes back. So if you put energy into trying to 
convince people that someone else is bad, it's going to come back on you. If you put energy into trying to fuck someone over, it's going to come back on you because the whole thing is you because the whole game is you. And so you're mirroring, you're putting out that and then the universe is get, and it's like instant now, but that's not punishment. Nobody get, nobody's trying to punish. Right. It's just wild to me though, because there are Ascension thinkers, speakers out there who, who like warned people that if, if they're not on the right ascension path, that they're going to get COVID or a deep illness right now. And it's like, and they're not presenting it as punishment, but it feels so dark to me. And I have to work really hard to block that out of my own energy field. God, somebody said that. Jesus Christ. I think there's a lot of people speaking like that. The next episode of Awakening OD is about truth and about personal truth. And this is so important right now because everyone right now is just a perspective speaking out into the void. And none of these perspectives are right. All of these perspectives are right. And some of them are way out in left field, but I've seen some of the people who fell for that fucking conspiracy theory thing and who are now having this, oh my God, I fell for this thing that has some truth in it. Unfortunately, it has some cool alien stuff in it. But um, what happens is you get a little nugget of truth and then you combine that with your shadow that you haven't dealt with, which will tend to make you lead toward conspiracy or suspicion or paranoia. And then you combine those two things and then project it onto an external enemy. And this is how you end up believing some wing nut fucking bullshit. When in reality, it's just, you kind of started to wake up. You had some white supremacist shit inside of you. And rather than fucking dealing with that, you, you jumped into some other conspiracy theory because it's easier to think about, you know, uh, Democrat goblins kidnapping children or whatever the fuck than just going like, Oh, Hey, I have some darkness inside of myself. You know? Yeah. And we have to become able to discern things. And it's the same thing with ascension teachers and this idea of the right path. Literally, what the fuck does that mean? That's that's the same value judgment that is the opposite of ascension. Higher consciousness doesn't believe a right and wrong. Those are not higher concepts. Those are those are three D fear based reality concepts. Yeah. And so you have two things. You have people justifying horrific fucking shit with it. uh, Or you have people with this punishment model or this like, you know, if you're not on the right path or you're going to get left behind or whatever the fuck. None of that stuff exists. You're here having your experience as part of a collective. And honestly, we can't really jump out of this until we've experienced every facet of it. So, you know, I I got my heart broken by how fucking all over the place the ascension community went in the last year just because i've already had my heart broken a couple times by false starts and i'm like oh god is everyone going back to sleep you know am i gonna have to get a day job (laughs) just kidding but it has to happen that way it has to happen that way we have to experience every facet of this yeah what do you you said at the beginning that you see the matrix differently What do you see the matrix as? Like, what's your definition of the matrix? I believe it's a game. And I believe that I don't think the matrix is good or bad. I think it's, it's an interactive video game that we don't know we are playing. 
Like even once you figure out you're playing it, it, you still have the sensation that it's playing you and it's absolutely you playing it, but you have to go through and work all your own programming out to become uh, able to control. I don't even like the word control, but work the game. And I don't think our higher selves are as attached to feeling good as our avatars are. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm a very annoying person to myself (laughs) because another thing I've preached consistently is like, why do spiritual people think we have to feel good? Why do, why is like just this feel good, feel good, feel good, the obsessive need. And now that I'm not feeling good, I'm like, why am I not feeling good? Yeah. And this like extreme panic around it. But I did some like channeling writing just to like hear what the parasite was sort of because I think there's we're each playing our own video game, but our video games are like sort of similar. Like we both have Lyme, right? Right. But I think, you know, we're we're also in our own video game in it. And so I don't want to speak for you, but like what it was kind of telling me was to be a host, you're sharing your energy. You're letting something feed off of you. And to let something feed off of me, I gave it permission. I don't think that something can come and just totally feed off me without them be, there being some sort of symbiotic agreement in it. Right. And I think part of it is a reflection of the time I've let par- parasitic humans, like in the 3D, feed off of my energy. And then it like can manifest in the body. I believe when anything manifests in the body, it's a reflection of what we're doing in the 3D. Not like a punishment, but sort of a reflection. And if I look at myself, I have definitely just like given my power away in such weird situations. I I thought I only gave my power away to like abusive men or something. But the truth is when I'm like, looking back, I've given my power away to friendships, to family, to acquaintances, to roommates, to the jobs. I, I I have this feeling in me that I'm unlikable or unlovable or that people won't like love me for the long run. So I'm like, hey, I'm really powerful. Here's all my power. Yeah. Here, you want some more? Here, t- take a side dish of my power. How about some dessert of my power? And I'm just like stuffing people full of my power and then not feeding myself. And then that's like what a parasite is doing inside you. They're like, they're like eating and taking your nutrients and stuffing themselves and like becoming bloated in you. Yeah. And it's like seeping your power away. It's so interesting because we like bonded initially over parasites. It's what I was talking about this time last year on the podcast before the thing hit. And then um, my last year of alien school, all I was when I was trying to start imagination projects and I was fixated on the idea of claiming sovereignty because there's some loophole that would probably be very difficult now, but back then a little bit easier uh, claiming sovereignty and, uh, and then parasites, getting parasites out of our body. I was just obsessed and studying about how parasites work. And I only remember chunks of it now, but it was like, if you do an aggressive attack towards parasites, you like warn them 
that you're coming for them. They're actually very difficult because they have tricked your system into giving them your resources. So you don't even have the resources to fight them. And I was like, this is the exact same thing as what's happening in the matrix. The matrix itself is fine, but some energy, and I don't even know if it's just part of ourselves, right? But let's say, let's say you want an external enemy, some energy programmed us to feed the matrix something to our own detriment that then feeds that makes their reality. And we do it every day. We go, the rich gets richer and we bitch about it. And it's like, well, that's today. You could have created something for yourself, but instead you did that. But at the same time, we have to acknowledge the things that suck, right? We have to acknowledge that those things to, um, to pull them down. And now that we have this Aquarian energy, it's already happening. But what Reddit just did with the with the stock market is a great example of the battle with parasites. So Wall Street hedge fund people, parasites, just parrots. Like the the system. I say the system. I give a fuck about like external enemies anymore. But the system is extremely parasitic. Now the biggest reason that all of these external authorities exist is because we believe they exist. We believe them to be above us. And we were, until very recently, extremely hypnotized into believing as a society. Ten years ago, most people believed that uh, the rich were rich because they worked hard, really before the crash, before the millennials got fucked by the crash. The general consensus was, we all have the opportunity to be rich. We just have to work harder. And, you know, the rich are rich because they deserve it. And we've woken up to a lot of these things. And there is a point where you're awake and it's like, oh, this sucks. But it's like, all we have to do is be awake to it. All we have to do is be aware to it, aware of it, because we were pouring our belief into their legend and helping them create that reality. That reality is inspired by their greed, but it's held up by our belief, our belief. They are the parasites and we are feeding our ability into them. And now what happened with the, with the Reddit guys going after the stock market, I'm assuming everyone knows what that was. And then it was this back and forth with that, which that's Aquarian energy. Aquarian energy is like, why is this? Fuck it. Let's get rid of it. So the Aquarian energy comes in, but now it's been exposed that everyone's in bed together and that it, the system is rigged. So now we know the government's rigged. We know the, uh, we know the corruption in the police. We know all of these things have been exposed. And it's so funny because you got people like, when's disclosure going to happen? It's like, we haven't stopped <laughs> disclosing. What the fuck are you talking about? We've been living in disclosure. So you have all these things getting exposed for what they are. And then the next phase is the consciousness, the people, the people holding the power that are being used as batteries go, okay, well, I don't want that. And so I'm no longer feeding this legend that says that you got this because you work hard. It's like, no, you got this because you're crooked. You got this because you manipulated and lied. And it, it starts to fall apart because ultimately everything's held together by our belief. And we were believing in something for a really long time that was a lie. Like it's all our history. Everything is built on lies, just lies. 
looking at that from, and I've experienced this and you've experienced this, the Herxheimer effect or whatever the fuck. So when, yeah. So when you, and this is really interesting too, because I have in all of my uh, delusions of grandeur noticed how sick I get from Herxing when there's big parasitic dust ups in society. So I was extremely sick during this stock market thing. And I'm on a series of killing agents that I have to like slowly work into the regimen. And then they make me very sick and then I have to back off and then slowly bring them in. And then I have to take things to bind them. And then I have to do all this detox shit. So I'm like applying all that to what we have to do to get these parasitic structures out of us as well. And I think that it's going to be a process, but every time you get some of these out, you have that much more of your resources to move it. But it is kind of a rocking things back and forth. Do you remember we talked about that in June where I was like, I feel like it'll be this just like pushing and then resting for a second and then pushing and then resting for a second that brings some of these things down. I don't remember what I was talking about at this point. Yeah, it feels like death birth, death, birth. It never felt to me like there was going to be a huge death and just like a birth of the new world. Right. People say that all the time. Like, when is the new world coming? When is it coming? It's like every time there is a death, there is a birth right? within you. So it, it's happening, happening simultaneously. And I think what you're saying about belief is so potent because Like in my parasitic relationships, I have this belief that I'm not lovable. So I end up just giving my power out for free or for whatever. Then then I let them in. And as soon as I let them in, like as soon as parasites are in you, they start molding with your own consciousness. So as soon as like you believe in an external parasite, like the system, and you believe they're more powerful than you, you start like combining consciousness. And I was reading these this Vice article, and I'll post it like in the Horopod Facebook group or AOD or something. And in the Vice article, it was explaining that people with parasites drive faster, more reckless. Uh, guys want to have like more like rough sex. It's like they're not even totally thinking for themselves. And in the article, it explains depending on what kind of parasite it is, they like were observing it in animals. And animals who had like a sort of water parasite wanted to jump into the water and they were drowning themselves. Because the parasite doesn't necessarily care about your life force. Its consciousness is their survival. You know, I don't even see see it necessarily as like an enemy attacking you. It's more like they're just trying to survive with your life force energy and you can be dead and they can still survive on your corpse. So, wow. We talked about, I don't know how much you want to get into that, but, um, I thought a lot about how, huh? I can get into it. The suicidal thoughts that come with it. Yeah. I, it was, I don't know how long ago it was now, a few weeks ago. And I was just in the darkest spot with it so far. And 
I was going through this week of wanting to just blame everyone. And I noticed, especially anyone who wanted to help me, I would like try to chew their arm off, um, especially the people I live with. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and so I was starting to just like, I could walk that week, even though I felt shitty. I was just like walking in the snow, trying to like, I feel like I've been through way worse things, honestly, than this. Like, it's painful. It sucks. But I'm like, I've been through worse things. And I wasn't focused on suicide, right? Right. And then I come home and I'm just laying on the ground and my partner's there. And he's like, what do I do? And then it hit me that I had been like herxing all week and I'm still not wrapping my head around like that herxing is the detoxing. It's the killing of the parasites, but I couldn't wrap my mind around that until I was laying on the floor crying to my partner. And then all of a sudden I got this horrible pop in my stomach. And then it felt like something in my stomach was like ripping and then this is really gross. I'm sorry, guys. We'll talk about doggy style in a second. <laughs> mm, <can't wait. laughs> uh, so I like felt this pop in my stomach and I went to the bathroom and it's the first time I saw a worm, a parasite come out of me. And then as soon as that happened, I felt so emotionally stable. I had no sort of like dark thought. So those whispers were freaking me out. And then when the parasite came out, I was like, oh, shit, literally. And <laughs> and um, it was like I was talking to my body and it was like the parasite, you're killing the parasites. When you kill the parasites, they're going to put you in a position where it doesn't feel good for you to live. It doesn't feel safe for you to live because their goal is just to survive. So yeah. it felt like even though it felt like I was in such a dark place, it was like I was getting healthier than ever because detoxing, getting the poison out feels like death, you know? Even yeah. when you leave like an abusive relationship or a relationship that's not serving you, you're detoxing from that relationship and it can feel like a frantic death or you're getting clean from a drug or whatever it is. Detoxing itself, releasing our body from poisons makes us sick because the poison – we become so used to the poison. I can't wait until we like science catches up to the idea of like consciousness and that things have a fucking consciousness. Everything has a consciousness. Yeah. It has a vibe. It has a, a energetic signature, whatever. And something that people, we were fortunate to, I mean, I knew I got bit. I think I got bit before I got bit before the video. But I was like, why did I not realize as I was deteriorating? And you were there while I was deteriorating. And it just seemed like a series of separate things. But I suddenly was like giving really bad readings. And it was like, oh, I think it's just because like the world's too weird and the, the timelines are switching too fast. But it was like so and I already have like hardcore ADHD. And so it just felt like that was turned up. And I, my back, I thought my back went out from sitting in a chair. We, it was like all these separate things. And I was like, why did I not catch what it was until luckily I caught something else and then got so sick from that, that it caused me to get, uh, go to the doctor. And then I was like, oh, because they go in your brain. 
Like that's yeah. the first, they like burrow into your brain and then just turn down the part of you that like critically thinks, Hey, what's happening. So most people walk around sick with this for a long time. And then that's without the, without the run around from the medical profession, which I didn't get. Cause I just knew what I had. So I was just pretty direct with it. Parasites, they go inside of bugs and get bugs to commit suicide. They get bugs to go feed themselves to other animals or whatever because the parasite's just trying to complete their life cycle. And I've read a lot of stuff about the spirochetes that just the just the Lyme one, which what we call Lyme is actually a bunch of co-infections, I guess. But um, they're just trying to get into another tick, which kind of pisses me off. That's like their whole life cycle is to go in and out of ticks. It's like, fuck you. Just stay in the tick. What do you got to get in a different tick for? Fucking stay home. Yeah. And when you were sick and I was there, like I could feel that something was really off, you know? We all thought it was the house. (laughs) Yeah. We thought the house was haunted. I was like, you know, felt like my magic was being sucked out of me. It felt like I couldn't be magical. So much of my magic is like, helping with bodies and then your body was suffering and I was like "Eh, eh." (laughs) and and now looking back I was sick then too like I wasn't having the extreme symptoms yet but I was having like brain fog and just not functioning at a normal level like not functioning on a high vibration just kind of like I felt like buried I felt like I needed I wanted to stay in bed longer but couldn't yeah no there was uh the other thing that's funny is projection I was pettier than I've ever been at that point in my life I was triggered I was having some like external enemy shit and I projected so much of what was happening to my body onto that external enemy thing because I would just ruminate on it and really only had space for like low vibe stuff at one point, there was like a month where I was just wanting to fight, you know, and um, feeling I attacked. Do know. Yeah. I do know. I'm ready to fight. <laughs> and feeling drained. And at the core, though, this is all a micro of what is happening in the collective awakening. And all the mistakes that I made in my journey to realize that I just have parasites is the same mistakes that a a lot of people are making right now where they start to wake up. They got this whole project onto an external enemy where it's like, no, it's just us. It's just me and the parasites, you know, me and the ecosystem. We have this fucking ecosystem inside of us of microbes and viruses and bacteria and everything else. But at the end of the day, how you get better, according to my doctor, is you have to bring all of this back into balance. But I'll still continue to have viruses and there's other stuff I have that she was like, by the time we're done with this, you're probably not going to have symptoms from that anymore. You know, I'm IBS and shit. And she was like, because in order to get better, like you're empowering your body to be able to bring everything back into balance and think about the metaphor of that for what it feels like 2021 is about, which is coming into balance with the earth and coming into balance with like your higher self and your empowerment. 
so that you can be the God of your reality. And if my body is a microcosm of the planet that I am, you know, then I need to empower myself to bring all of these things back into balance. And the parasites are not our bosses. They tricked us in, which is kind of what parasites do in your system is they, they trick your system into thinking that they are you, right? I might be saying that wrong. No, I think that sounds right to me. Yeah. And so that's really interesting. So we have to figure out what is us and what is not us. What is ours? What is yours? What is ours together? What is mine? You know? And that's a little bit of a process and we can't, because I don't mean to say that like life is a ton of suffering. That's the paradox is when we stop trying to escape suffering, stop trying to escape difficulty and start seeing it as something we, for some reason, voluntarily came into. You know, I remember uh, my first magic boyfriend said, if you want to learn how to manifest, step one, take credit for everything in your life. Mm. And I was like, (laughs) interesting. And he was like, if you come from the standpoint that I created every single one of these things, this whole other panel lights up and you realize like, oh, shit, I can move all these things around. But if you're in a place where you're like, this is happening to me, you're not going to see that. That's not going to come out. So uh, I found out I was sick way before you found out you were sick. And then um, I think you found out you were sick while I was in the dark month of the soul. And at that point, yeah, it was November was, 1st. Yeah. So I was in it from mid-October until mid-December. I was in probably the darkest phase of this. And it was kind of the point where I was realizing like, oh, this is going to be hard. And I spent most of November in a bathtub in the dark and just kind of staring down the parts of this that are really fucking scary for me and in this kind of acceptance place. So then when you found out, I was kind of coming out of this acceptance thing. And I do think I have a better kind of, it's not lost on me that I'm in uh, a pretty cush situation for someone having to deal with this. Every day I go, how the, like, People walk, you know, people have to deal with this and go to work, you know, go to a day job. I don't, how the fuck? And weirdly, I found out about the gene keys at the same time. And my gene key is the 55th gene key, which the shadow is victimization. It is this believing that you're the victim of your circumstance. So uh, you needed to go through this kind of come to your own acceptance or whatever. I don't know. You want to tell that story? Well, it's confusing for me because my whole, like, as a child, I was a victim. But as I was being victimized, I was told, I'm not a victim and I'm fine. And my brother was extremely physically disabled. And the whole time he was a child, he was told, you have an able body. You can do whatever you want. You can work wherever you want. And then he was like, he, he would have to scoot on the floor because no one would get him a wheelchair because they were like, you're just like everyone else. And we thought it was this like positive thinking that fucked us. Yeah. you like 18 years old and our family also is like pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of family. So they're like, oh, you're 18. Great. Good luck. And he's like, oh, I have one arm. 
I can't yeah. actually just go get the same jobs my friends have. I I am bound to a wheelchair. I can't do these things. And then it's taken me, I mean, even up till now, I'm realizing, oh, shit, I was a fucking victim in that situation when I was 17 or 22. Or I was a victim in that situation as a 15-year-old. And then I'm replaying that as a 25-year-old and still playing the victim role because that's the coding in me from actually being victimized. And so I've been trying to take my like power back by being like, hey, my brother's disabled and I'm a victim of violence and sexual abuse and abandonment and neglect. So it's confusing to like have to to hone that narrative in and and wear it and say yes I'm a victim. And then also not continuing to perpetuate the victimization story within self. Yeah. And because it can it can permeate within you. It can become part of your dialogue, your narrative where you I don't know I went to a healer once and she's like, Lacey, you're not in a war. You're not like, we're not having some sort of nuclear war in our country right now. Like you, your cortisol levels and your stress states are as if you're still at war. Yeah. And I think this is the first time in my life where I'm having to like settle down and be like, okay, I'm not at war. Even if my body's hurting, even if I can't hear and there's a ringing that feels like a bomb just went off, I'm not at war and I can't be addicted to being the victim. Admitting I was the victim healed me, but then it's so easy to also become addicted to the victimization. I don't know. Yes. No. That makes perfect sense. It's the, it's the, everything is everything. It's this and that. I don't know if it's because I wasn't allowed to feel my feelings or what, but my relationship was being a victim in childhood. I think it was the pull, pull yourself up by your bootstraps is so damaging. And, uh, when I told on, on the guy who had been molesting me for three years, it was like, okay, well, I sell drugs and he knows. So like, we'll just move, you know what I mean? Like you can't tell the cops, whatever. And I like was, even as a kid, didn't like cops. So that was fine. But like, and then, oh, you're fine. You at, you know, there was like, there was never validation for what happened. And then at some point I just equated vulnerability and victimization as weakness. And not until 2017 did I, did I go, oh, fuck. I was a victim there. Oh, fuck, that hurt. Oh, my God, I have feelings about that. Not 2017, I guess it was 2019, but that process of getting my heart broken that started in 2017 opened me up to that. And I still have a resistance to acknowledging that I've taken a loss or that I am a victim. And I have to check it constantly. And even with this situation, I did uh, a trip. And I spent the entire time crying and angry. Anger is really hard for me to get to. I'm not a very angry. I can get like frustrated or triggered or like talk shit for a couple minutes. But then once I talk shit, it's like over. But like actual anger, like this is not fair. Actual anger is really hard for me to access because I equate it with weakness. I equate it with not being strong. That's so wild. I, I equate it so much with power. Yeah, I don't. I can like fight 
Okay, so that's true. If it's like Arsenal or it's righteous or it's for someone else, I can access it. This justice thing only when it's for someone else. You'll very rarely see me be like, I can't even tell the lady, can you not blow my only vein up? I'm like, (laughs) really? Uh, Not good at self-advocating, but also just, I like, and it's very subconscious, but I judge myself for being needy. I've worked through a lot of that and being weak and you know so when i even like with a grain of salt when i talk about accepting things and not for like forfeiting my belief system and stuff i definitely will lean more towards suck it up you know and so there's probably a little bit of spiritual bypassing in there and that's why trips are so fucking helpful because i am not allowed to have fun on mushrooms if i do mushrooms i'm just going to work through shit And I spent, it was a rough trip, man. I just spent five or six hours mourning a a friendship that I like can't fucking get over. And then the rest of the time just pissed. And then finally I was just, it was almost felt like it was my higher self. And I had, I was just like sitting by myself on a couch, like had my arm stretched around the couch, almost talking to, I don't know, the aliens on the, like, through the couch. And I was like, I'm just, I'm pissed. I'm fucking pissed about this one. Do I get a break at any point, but also fuck this. And it's not something I think it's something that was burning in the background. And this is what really brought me out of that dark couple months of the soul was this trip was, I just got to clear that energy out because I will have a, I have a tendency to not give myself time to feel those feelings, you know, and give it an audience. And then it cleared out and it's actually been a lot better since then. And I started to get like help and everything else after that. But once again, cannot remember why I was, to, oh, victimization. So I have a tendency to not, because I think those things happen at what well, this is something that's happening to us and it's sad. And it's a couple years of my life that are going to be gone, you know, and it have it's happening at a point where my career was starting to take off. And now there's a chance that it, it might not. And, you know, it's affecting every single area of my life and it hurts most days to exist. And, you know, it's just, all these things are real. These things are real. This is real pain when my heart got broken and the twin flame thing, like it's real. When I was molested as a kid, like that's real. Those things are real. And uh, there is something about the victimization is real. And it's also, there's something intoxicating about it. There Mm -hmm. is something intoxicating about that narrative. And I don't really, I don't have the answer to what that is. I've been thinking a lot about that. Definitely. When I was younger, I can trace like a addiction to, is like as soon as I was in relationships, rather than enjoying the love, I would like start looking for proof that they were cheating on me or whatever. And when I tap back into that energy, there was a part of me that couldn't wait to catch them. That was like excited, you know? Yeah. Well, I like in my in my worst self in romantic relationships, it's like I I'm looking for proof that they don't love me. Right. And then when I I find that proof and I got something on them and I kind of like, see, you don't love me. You never loved me. And that's, and that has been 
very sad to say that it's been my narrative with most friendships and most romantic relationships. And it's weird because I feel like I have a lot of the same friendships that I like for a long period, but bless their hearts because they've just gotten to the point where they know that I'm like, I'm looking for proof that they don't love me. Right. And so they've almost have like a safe word with me or a safe like phrase of like, okay, well, I love you. <laughs> you space like this isn't really about us. Um, but in my romantic or intimate relationships, it's like, see, you don't love me, and now you have to prove you love me. Now you have to put in all of this effort and energy into proving you loved me because I found this that showed you didn't. Now prove it wrong. Yeah. But it's gross. That's really gross. And it comes from not being loved. It comes from feeling abandoned. That's the thing to bring this full circle. That's the thing where that hypervigilance and that looking for them. I used to have a thing where my hypervigilance used to be so bad that if the tone changed in the slightest, oh yeah, I would drop kick your ass and get to the door. <laughs> I couldn't be in a relationship without dumping people constantly and then fucking because I would sense that. And like, I've done so much work on it that now the hypervigilance plays a very small role in my life where, and I, but I do have to ask when there's a big tone change. Is it like hypervigilance or do you psychically know something's fucked up? That's where I'm always like, because there's been times in a relationship where I've beat myself up for being too hypervigilant, but I could just feel like something was clawing at me that it wasn't right. Yeah. There there felt like something was under the covers that I wasn't seeing. And then, so I was ignoring it because I'm like, oh, I'm just being hypervigilant. It's just my trauma. And then it's like, fuck, then I missed that person cheating on me or abusing me in that way or whatever it was. So I have the hypervigilance really isn't wrong. Like I don't, I haven't had a lot of experiences where the hypervigilance was lying to me, but it, it a lot of times was crushing fantasy bonds. Like I'm in a, a, like a relationship with someone that's a shitty foundation and I'm applying all kinds of fantasy to the relationship and the hypervigilance is trying to save me. Now the hypervigilance is, I think it picks up on things that are like normal in relationships. And I just ask like, is this this tone? Is this here? Is this, is there this going on? Whatever. And I'm, it's right. But it just, it has nothing to do with whether or not I'm loved and it has nothing to do with my worth. And so I, I have dismantled the part that wants my relationship to fall apart and wants to prove that I'm not loved, which is wild when you think about it. And it's like, that's what the hypervigilance got programmed to was like, we will identify everyone that doesn't actually care about us and distance ourselves from them. And that's, we don't need that anymore. We need space for people to be who they are. And we like can attract connections of people. You know what I mean? Like there's a mechanism in me that would attract someone who's probably going to cheat on me. And then the hypervigilance would just gnaw at that until it happens. And now it's like attract someone who loves you and who wants to be in a relationship because I want to be in a relationship. And if I'm getting this loop of people who don't 
who are still abusive or still whatever, take a break, get your coffee cup off of the nightmare button and, you know, work on that thing inside. But, uh, I drift off a lot now. I, um, that was so good. That desire, I was getting into these relationships with these people who would hurt me because I don't know something to do with the hypervigilance. I wanted that experience. And I'm not saying that everyone who has that experience wants that experience. It's very tricky to talk about this because I'm not trying to invalidate anyone else's experience, but something I have noticed in myself. And my favorite example of this, the one that everyone can identify with is when you're in a toxic relationship or when going to a toxic phase in your relationship and you get to the the part where your partner and you are like he doesn't call you back when he says you and you get excited if you're honest with yourself you get excited that he has fucked up you're just waiting for he she sorry them to fuck up so you can be like aha you know when you get to that place or even you're at work and you have a boss that you hate and you can't wait for your boss to do something fucked up to the schedule so you and everybody else can bitch about it. I've had that experience in so many places of my life. I went to a phase where I just fucking bitched about management so much at this restaurant and I was addicted to it. I was addicted to it. I just, the thing I was doing with last year, I was addicted to people treating me like shit so I could fucking, you know, like ruminate on it. And then I have to like constantly now with this experience, make sure that I'm not a getting addicted to the victimization of it. It's not becoming my whole identity. I'm sure most people would tell you it is currently my identity because I don't shut up about it, but that's how I am when I'm trying to hack something. I'm like immersed in it. Yeah. It's wild to see. And you can like step back as an observer and watch how puffed up people get when things start to break, like, see, I knew it was wrong or I knew this was going to happen and people will get puffed up and we sort of like trauma bond. And it almost feels like when devastating things are in the news, people are like more deflated right now because we're we're getting addicted to being the victim of our country or the victim of our system. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're, and then we get inflated and we are trauma bonding over what's happening in the government. Yeah. And I do it too. I'm not saying like outside, but it's like wild when you step back or you're too sick to participate and you're watching other people like get puffed up from it. Yeah. And it's like an anim- animalistic response to get puffed up to survive. Um, but real quick, I just wanted to ask you if you feel like why – I don't know. Also, I feel like I just need to say out loud, how fucking – insane is it that I met you like a year and a half or so ago and our first episode we were talking about parasites you did so much about teaching the collective and soberish about parasites a pandemic breaks out and I run to you to get away from a a pandemic and we both get fucking lying and I did see a lot of like darkness coming when I was like Uh, first started talking to you, not like darkness about you or anyone in your realm. It just felt like, it felt like you were doing something big and that the sort of matrix was going to fuck with what you were doing to simplify it. And I felt like I was supposed to like help you or like help it. And 
in that, I didn't help you really. You know what I mean? Like I came and then I wasn't helping you at all. And even when you were sick and I wasn't helping you and it felt like there was just this like thing that I couldn't reach you, even though I was communicating with you and next to you. And I feel like I couldn't help myself. I didn't go to the doctors then. But after pondering about it, I was like, it, a lot of mother wound stuff was like showing up about lying and like me being a bad mother. And like, I'm not a biological mother. I've been pregnant and I've had miscarriages, but like I'm or a miscarriage and I'm not a biological mother. But then I realized like I put this like responsibility on myself to like truly mother my friends and like my partner and my brother and like and then I like beat myself up for failing short and then I think I like put hurt in my own body from being like a bad mother and I think I'm like carrying this mother wound of my own like lineage bloodline but also like on the macro like mother wound of the earth and I think we shame and we guilt the mother so much like And I see so many women judging other women about not being good mothers. Yeah, it's gross. Oh, God, the mommy wars are gross, man. Yeah, and I'm not even a mom. Like, But I think I have this internal judgment of being a bad mother. That actually came up in a different – just sounds like I do a lot of trips. But uh, that came up in a different trip. I spent the entire trip crying about what a bad mom I am. So that is, uh, that is interesting. And the parasite stuff. So at the beginning, people who have listened to Mormon and the meth head, the big joke is like three episodes in, we ended up pushing it back to seven episodes, but the people that were listening from the beginning, the third episode was called what is love. And it's this place. I introduced this idea of open-handed love, whatever, which was my life philosophy. And the joke is that as soon as I did that episode and people were like, fuck yes, where it's this, like, I love you so much. I'll let you leave. You know, I'm not going to try to make you be something other than you are whatever. The joke is, is that I did that episode. And then the universe said, and now she'll show her work. And the whole rest of that podcast was me turning into a codependent mess and finding out about attachment systems and finding my way out of it. And I think that that's exactly what's happening here is that I was talking big shit about conquering the parasitic systems and everything else from, from a perspective that I don't have now at all. Like so much of what I was talking about was very external enemy fighting, whatever. And then once again, the universe was like, and now she'll show her work. And I am in the process of showing my work. And I feel like I'm pretty early in the process because I feel like the work I've shown thus far was getting completely uh, swallowed (laughs) by it, you know? And my first step in a lot of things is accept where you're at, like accept what's happening and accept that on some level, some higher level, we chose to be here and it doesn't always make sense. And I don't really get it most of the time. And it, you know, but it feels true. And then address like, okay, so there's parasites, I'm feeding the parasite. And this is like, and this applies to anything, you know, this applies to vampire connections in your life. We spent so much time talking about vampires and we were just like getting eaten. Yeah. But I think it's a, a tremendous opportunity to hack the matrix. Yeah. I think whatever you are 
hacking, you know, when people are like, when's the new world going to be here? We're the new world. Yeah. So find all of the old world inside of you and transmute that shit. Address your shadow, whatever the limitation that is on you right now, because it's on everyone. Are you stuck in isolation and alone? That's the thing you chose to hack. Are you sick? Because a lot of people have this shit right now or long COVID or some mystery brain fog. Then you chose to hack getting out of the mental space and getting into the physical space. Because like on the brain fog thing that's happening to so many people, I really do believe it's because we're moving from a mental, which is weird because it's an air sign, but whatever. And if it's, you know, you can't be productive, then you are here to hack the internalized capitalism. If you are from a marginalized community, then you're stepping into your power right now. If you are from, you know, whatever the thing, wherever you feel like, what the fuck, I want this part of this to be done. That's the part that you're here to transmute. And we're going to have to work hard to get to the new world. But we decided to do that. You know, I just like want to scream right now and laugh. Because as soon as the pandemic hit, um, you and I were like kind of like talking on the phone and then you went to Nashville and you're like, let's record when I get to Nashville. And we did an episode pretty, you know, early in this. And the first thing my pompous ass said was, I think all of this is just us healing the mother wound, the mother inside of us, mother earth, the extent of mother earth. And I think that we're not going to like be able to totally like eat everything and we're gonna have to change how we eat so much and only like eat to survive and that has to do with like being a baby and the mother and now I can't fucking eat anything Mm -mm. I can't eat anything like anything I anything but um and another thing is like addictions it's like telling me to like heal the mother wound I have to break every addiction to like masculine energy and how like addictions are so parasitic in nature. They're like co-parasitic. Yeah. Like I'm trying to feed off this addictive substance. Like I'm being parasitic towards it and then I put it in my body and then it starts being parasitic towards my body. Yeah. Do you you feel like codependence is parasitic? Yes. Yes. 100%. 100%. And that's why I'm getting away from the idea of parasites being an external thing and rather it just being a mechanism of the game that we're coming out of, which is the game that we're really coming out of is the giving away of your power and trying to take other people's power. But most of us, it's so outlandish to me now when somebody feels like they need to come. Somebody sent me an email and told me to stop letting people use my voice on TikTok or something. (laughs) It's so wild. That's not a great example of it, but it's just so wild to me when people go out of their way to tell me what to do with my shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it like, I've done that. I definitely do it behind, like have done it behind people's backs, like judge people and stuff to where now it's like, it's so obvious to me when I'm like, Lacey needs to do this, which I'm never like that. But like, it's, it's me. I'm talking about myself. What shadow am I not looking at? Like, why do I want to tell someone else what to do? This already doesn't resonate with me because of, um, but it's, it's that thing with the parasites. We're part of it. And in codependency, I was a fucking nightmare. When I'm codependently activated, and I don't think that would ever happen again because I'm so conscious of it, I am absolutely a fucking parasite. 
and a vampire to whomever I am dealing with because I am trying to make that person fix me, make me feel better, make me feel validated. What about me? What about me? What about me? With no fucking respect for the fact that like this person's their own person with their own shit and depression and every fucking thing else. The entire system is codependent. Cap or uh parasitic. Capitalism is is parasitic. It isn't free enterprise of creating or fucking making things whatever. It's parasitic. It's convincing people to give you their energy and manipulating them into giving up their power. Uh, codependency is parasitic. The entire idea that romance exists to fulfill something for you and that someone else is responsible for your feelings is parasitic. You're a vampire for participating in it. And it also sucks because when you're a vampire, you're, you're taking a drug essentially and trying to make it be food. Someone else's validation cannot feed you. It can make you high for a minute. It's the same thing that people think that money or fame are going to do something for you. And they don't. They're drugs. They're not sustenance. They're not food. Validation, uh, being hot, fucking money, f- literal food as an addiction, dr- like all these things outside of you can only get you high. For a minute, they can't feed you. And when we're trying to get that, it's all parasitic, especially when we like attach to other people and try to make them give us that. It really is just like a 100% inside job. I feel like I go on these rants and say nothing. No, you said so much. When I went to the grocery store yesterday, I was just getting like really healthy shit, like hemp seeds, stuff to like make me feel better. Like a few like figs or snacks that like I can actually eat. And then my card didn't work and I lost it. And my partner was like, Lacey, we have a fridge full of food. And I was like, I can't buy groceries for myself. It was really just uh, the reason I couldn't was just like a technical error and then I couldn't hear and then it was awkward. But I couldn't, I could not get over the fact that I like couldn't go buy groceries and they were just healthy things. So it's not something I consider like an addiction, right? Right. Healthy things to make me feel better. But truly, I have a fridge full of food. I have vegetables that aren't eaten that I can eat. But I was like going nuts that I couldn't buy it. And my partner was just like confused. He's like, we're not destitute. Like we're not like you can get groceries Monday. We have food right now. And then I just heard my guides like scream in my ear and just be like, stop trying to like get anything outside of yourself, even if it's the fucking healthy hemp seeds that you don't consider a drug at all. Stop. And it, and then I felt like even further my guides were like, Lacey, what if you're just poor? Yeah. What if you're just always poor? Because I've had this idea that um, I'm dope and I like attract dope shit and I'm cool and I do cool shit. And it's just this been this idea that I've had since I was little. So I just, and I've been good at manifesting things and good right. at manifesting situations even if I've been poor I can like figure it out and I'm good at making money show up exactly when I need it not recently and then my guides were like how about you just surrender to being fucking poor yeah surrender to like not having groceries remember at the beginning of the pandemic when you told people it might be hard to get groceries maybe it'll be hard for you to be get groceries surrender to it don't chase anything right now and I just heard this like very loud voice Do not chase anything outside of you, even if it's something healthy, even if it's like medicine, like you can't be gripping something. 
Yeah. In you. That's what I felt at the, when I first realized that it was coming back. Yeah. Was I immediately, I was like, everyone tell me your cures, which like nobody has stopped telling me. And I was doing all kinds of research and stuff. And I could just tell, I know what that energy is, that gripping for something outside of myself and nothing ever, I never escape the matrix doing that. And so I backed way off and sat in it. I got antibiotics, but then I I sat in that energy for a while. And I have felt, for me, a lot of it's around identity. So I'm being stripped of a lot of things because I've learned to like, when things are being taken to just let them be taken and let go of the wheel. But, and I would have told you that I don't identify with much, but I really, Julie said that brain fog helps you stop identifying with your intellect. And I, there was a fucking punch to the gut because then when I was like, Oh damn, I really, cause I've had nothing. I've been on the streets with nothing and I've been alone, but I, my, uh, greatest resource, I guess, has always been my, per- like my mind, you know, my, my fucking ability to solve a problem, to figure a thing out and to communicate. And in my worst moments, that has always helped me to survive. Yeah. And when I watched that be taken and I really felt like I was being erased, like as a person, I was being erased and it was terrifying. I was like, Oh, I actually don't exist. Like I don't exist. I was a combination of defense mechanisms and things I picked up that like got me, you know, uh, that people mirrored back that they liked. And I really am just like this, this, like I just had my ego completely fucking my avatar completely erased. And then I haven't, I'm not able to use my mind the way that I used to use it. And I'm not able to do the things that I used to do. And I don't take podcast invitations now when people all come do this with you, but like a new podcast that I haven't done that I don't know the person, I can't say yes to it because I can't count on uh, if social anxiety gets activated, I can't count on myself to be able to do that. And it is uh, same exact things. The aliens are like, accept it. Um, I feel like I have a pretty good relationship with loss and I have a pretty good relationship with non-attachment, but I have those things because I've experienced loss, you know? And I, you think like, yeah, I got it. And then it's like, oh, there's these corners that we haven't done yet. And ultimately in the like ascension thing, we have to not exist. We have to be in this place of non-attachment. We kind of have to do all of this to get where we're going. Yeah. We can't do it if we're still projecting. We can't do it if we're still looking for something outside of us. We literally cannot live in a symbiotic communal society until we have ceased to identify with accolades from other people, ceased to need anyone else for anything. And that feels, we we are community people, but as long as I think that you are responsible for my feelings, we cannot live in a, like, peaceful society. We can't until I know that it's me, that it's me. Everything I need is inside of me and nobody outside of me, nothing outside of me can provide it to me until I know that. And you can only know that from having experience, like, truly understand that from having experiences 
then we can't live in a in a utopia. We can't because we will ruin it with our projections. Yeah, and I think our energy field, a lot of us, even amazing magic people, we don't know just what our energy feels like. We we might have absorbed someone else's so someone else's energy or a parasite in us is absorbing our energy and we're just like this collective of other absorbing other people's energies and i think for me lime is like unshedding like shedding off all of the toxins all of the fungus all of the stuff that's other people's energy that's been feeding off of me and i hate the word pure but i think for the magic i have i'm going to continue to do I have to be like really physically pure. I yeah. can't I can't have any sugar in my body. I can have very little caffeine in my body. Like, you know, I've always been like sort of gluten-free, but would still eat gluten here and there, even if it made me feel like shit. And it's like now I absolutely can't. Yeah. My body's rejecting any energy that fucks with its purity. Yeah. So any energy that doesn't vibe or food, it's just it's literally pushing it out. And now today is a good day, but it's feeling more like Lyme is a is is was started out as a tool, but it's turning into a protector of my energy. No, I'm definitely having that experience. I it's uh, it's driving me inside. I did want to talk about one other thing real quick. Okay, as we're talking about all the shadow stuff of this, so one of the things that you said. And I think that this is really common with healers is this, I'm not healed. So who am I to help other people? And um, I'm going to talk about this a little bit on the next AOD in that truth episode. None of us are gurus and there is no fucking hierarchy. So some of us might've been playing this game longer. Some of us might know this, like the tricks or whatever. You and I resonate on a lot of stuff because we've both been awake for a very long time. And so, but a ton of the stuff I didn't feel my feelings until a couple of years ago. I knew about aliens, but what's the fucking point of that if I can't even tap my own energetic body or my own emotional body rather? I don't think being sick, I think that sometimes when I'm talking about manifestation, I'm like, I'm telling people how to manifest while like immersed in a unfavorable, what would be perceived as a non-favorable life experience and there's a reason for that. And I don't think that the Galactic Federation or whatever the fuck, it's not even fun to talk about the Galactic Federation anymore. I don't think that the higher dimensions are going to use anyone who has their shit 100% together to pick, to help other people because we have to be autonomous. And there is no teacher. There can be someone who says stuff that resonates with you, but there is no one above you. There is no guru. The guru is dead. There is no such thing. If someone is presenting themselves as that run, all we are is just a bunch of broken <laughs> uh, toys sharing our experience with each other. And if part of my experience helps you cool. And so I think this idea that like, I can't heal somebody cause I'm sick. I mean, I literally can't do readings like legitimately can't, but I think if you can, you, uh, the fact that you are sick, it's to say that's the whole point of readings when you're magic is because you have a blind spot with anything you're emotionally attached to. And so that's all it is. Someone else who has 
powers going, hey, I have a clear view to this because I'm not emotionally attached to your thing. Here it is, you know. I so appreciate you saying that. And I like, and I believe it, you know, at the core of me really believes there is no hierarchy. And whenever I do readings with people, I'm like, this is our co-creation together. I'm, I can't tell you anything that you don't ultimately know. And on top of that, if I say anything that doesn't feel like truth in your body, don't fucking make it truth because I'm saying it. Right. And, and even when I was crying last night about not having food, my guides were like, you're, you're of the people. If the people are suffering that you're going to go through suffering and joy, like we're all of each other and we're going to mirror that and reflect that in each other. But I think lately I'm not saying I'm sick right now. I'm saying I'm like getting healthier and I kind of, that sounds so spiritual bypassing, but I truly believe I'm getting healthier right now. Yeah. It's opening up pathways that I didn't realize I was allowing toxins in. I have issues with uh, like PCOS and assists on the ovaries. And I didn't realize endometriosis, which is autoimmune and like PCOS has so much to do with parasite energy. We're not taught that from doctors, but if you have like a ton of parasites in your GI, it pushes against the womb. Yeah. And so I released these parasites these last few weeks and I bled with the full moon as all of this, uh, GameStop stuff was happening and the stuff with the parasites. And I was just bleeding like the most healthy period I've had in a long time. And I was like, oh, I'm getting healthier. Yeah. It's, still, it's detoxing. It's still going to hurt. It's the herxing, but it's getting healthier. And then it felt like the collective's getting healthier. You know, yeah. other people are becoming billion, billionaires. It's balancing. My body is balancing. The collective is balancing. That's what um, was interesting because there was a there was a point where you were kind of having a turning point, and we we talked about it. And when I tapped into both of our experiences, just don't feel permanent to me. They just don't feel permanent to me, and they feel long. It feels like a long thing, but it doesn't feel permanent. And I have always felt when you talked about PCOS and stuff, those always felt temporary to me. And what I feel like is going to happen is by the time we're on the other side of this, all of that has been healed. And I thought that about you. And then when I went to the doctor, because I don't even think about my stuff, I just adapt (laughs) to blind spots in my eyes and no teeth and whatever, you know? And so when I went to the doctor and just talked about the IBS and other things that I have, she was like, you you probably won't have, like, you'll probably end up healing all of those things in this process as well. So, um. Yeah, I'm glad that you talked about it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for talking about it with me. Do you want to set a boundary about people reaching out about Lyme? Because I know that, sorry, I'm like, the reason that Lacey didn't want to tell you guys is because it uh, was. Yeah, well, there's like a few reasons. But one of the reasons is like uh, the rabbit holes of Lyme scare me. Because so many people have different experiences with Lyme, spiritual experiences, physical experiences, and everyone has their own cures. And there's truth, right? There's truth in everyone's truth. Um, But for my own mental sanity, once I start 
I, I just can't handle the offerings of cures right now because I, I have my own protocol I'm starting to do. And I love you guys and I like needs I do truly need support and I need to be better about asking for support. But at the same time, it like I get a lot of anxiety around uh, like protocols or medical procedures or do this or that doctor. Yeah. That no, that makes tons of sense. I uh, haven't set that boundary, but it's not triggering for me, but like I'm not absorbing. I get 10 to 15 messages a day. And it's like, I haven't shut the fuck up about it. So I get it. But same thing. It's like, you can only try so many things. And I am on so many fucking things already with the doctor. And so, but I just let people send them. I figure at some point, maybe I'll want to look, but I, they do kind of go in one eye out the other just because I don't. Yeah. And I definitely, but, but they're not triggering for me. If they were triggering for me, I would, they're sometimes wear me out, but. uh, And I don't mean to say like, don't send them to me. And I think I'm just more balanced with it all. I just knew at the beginning, um, the illness of it felt really intimate, kind of like, like a new relationship. And I'm not the person who like, when I get in a new relationship, I don't tell anyone because it feels intimate. I don't know if gonna last I don't know how to interact in it yet I don't even know that how to explain it it just it's it's intimate um so I'm open to people sending messages I just it's just intimate and I'm but I'm also bad at texting or yeah. responding to anything yeah no and I'm not uh I think you were grieving also and yeah. I yeah. am really weird about getting coddled and so I keep things very quiet if I think I'm going to get fucking coddled. I think I joked, I made enough jokes about the tick that like I haven't gotten too much pity. But if I'm getting like pity or whatever, it'll freak me out. Like I wouldn't let my mom be at the birth of my kids because I was like, I'm trying to have a natural birth and I think you're going to feel sorry for me and it's going to fuck me up. So um, I think protecting your energy in that way. But, but I um, also know like, you attract amazing people through soberish, and um, everyone who's been attracted to Horpod has been like dope. And I feel like we're like lucky that we're so do. fucking lucky. We're so yeah. fucking lucky. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's been my favorite thing about doing this as uh, a career. Is just to me, it's like I, it's uh, me and my crew. <laughs> like me and my friends uh i can't believe i get to do live streams we all just like make fun of each other and uh i really can't this is the shit that i'm like i am sick as a dog fucking five days a week but like look how rad the rest of my life is like i can't even fucking deal with how cool the rest of it is i think i'm gonna look back at this time and be like yeah what a painful beautiful time in my life Totally. And I was afraid there was a period I wasn't doing a lot of readings and then I was afraid I couldn't. But lately, the readings I've been doing feel ma- so magic and so healing um, for me. And like, I love that. And it's, and it's like healing me every time. And I think, yeah, I just think this community is a bunch of magic people. And even if you're not on the mic with it, so many people are bringing so much magic. Yeah. Yeah. There's a new uh, Discord now for my Patreon. I'm like, I'm not plugging this. Sorry. <laughs> Telling you, friend. Um, 
I, uh, I'm going to say one more thing and then I'll, oh yeah, I have to cancel a bunch of readings this week, the rest of my readings. And so I will just throw in the email that Lacey's still, <laughs> if you need a new Lyme <laughs> inflicted reader, please no, tell them that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. All right. I love you. I have to pee. I love you too. Thank you so much. All right. Good night. Bye. Bye. for listening to Horopod. If you want to book a reading with me, you can go to my website, laceyfree.com or follow me on Instagram at laceyisfree for more of my poetry and I'll start doing more lives on there about energy and herbs. If you have questions about herbs or about sex or your own superpowers or you want to do a healing session with me, laceyfree.com is a great place for that. If you want to share some of your poetry and talk to like-minded individuals about sex magic, about magical beings, about trauma, or just share your art, poems, we have a Facebook page. Horpod has a Facebook page. Just search Horpod on Facebook and join the group and be friends with people. Share some of your shit. And I'm also on Twitter, I guess, kind of. I don't know. Twitter scares me, guys. But you can follow Horpod at Horpod on Twitter. I love you, and I'm sending you all sacred fucking rage. In love.